You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode up in Edmond today with Dimitri and Daria Lugerton. Uh, but it's great to sit with, uh, you know, you two being that you're not born. Well, you were born here, right? But you have family from, you know, uh, Russia and stuff like that. I don't have many people on the podcast that aren't, you know, that are mostly they're from America, right? They live in Oklahoma. They have an Oklahoma story. But you guys have a really unique story. And, and Daria, thanks for reaching out to, to do the podcast because uh, it's a unique one. And it's, you know, people will know the skating and stuff like that. And obviously, you you know, you were born here. You went to Oklahoma Christian. And, and you know, Dad, you came here and, and did what a lot of immigrants did, right? You come here, you start a business, or, or you come over here with, with skating, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah how i guess how current life i mean how how's things at the moment what have you guys been up to so it's it's unusual this year but our first ice rink opens the 30th so it's this friday okay. at oklahoma christian and, usually and it's, it's actually at the place that gave me opportunity to learn english sure oklahoma christian yeah. oklahoma christian university where daria uh, went to school and graduated with computer science degree yeah. uh, and that's very special project for yeah me. yeah uh, that's cool yeah because because you, you you know you're coming you, your first one this year is a place that you've spent so much time and it's given you so much freedom with learning english and you graduate from there too like that's that's a special place for sure um uh, so the ice rink thing you guys um you guys have ice rinks you build ice rinks and you do how many do you kind of have running at one time uh this year i, I believe we're gonna yesterday it'll be eight this year yeah no it's gonna be seven it's going to be six in the state of Oklahoma and one in Texas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that year is not aware. Yeah, there is still very, very flu, fluent situation yeah. this year because, you know, it's 2020. It's, it's COVID year. Yeah, it's COVID year. Yeah. And yeah. No, it was right. a roller coaster. There's eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, family. Oh, oh, one step, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Including uh-huh. Oklahoma Christian sure. University. So and that is one. eight. Okay, sorry, this right. was not registered. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. it just happened recently. Yeah. And they, it's That's actually cool. for one day event, but mm-hmm. it got extended for the longer. Yeah. And uh, anybody who, uh, yeah, I know when it's gonna go uh, live, but uh, That's yeah. cool. So, so tell me. You know, you'll have, where you grew up, obviously, in, you know, back home. And then, so tell me the story of where you grew up and then coming to the States. When did you come to the States? Uh, I was born in Kazakhstan, mm-hmm. it, which was the part of USSR. And at age six, I started ice skating. My mm-hmm. parents uh, put me. And when I was 14 years old, which is, uh, what, 1984, uh, I was an invited to Moscow mm-hmm. to, for the training under the uh, person who won Olympic Games in 1984 in ice dancing. Mm-hmm. And that's where my life really changed. I moved away from the family. Actually, I was at that time 13, I believe. Well, 1984. And that's where 
kind of yeah. I start live on my own. Uh, you are th- 14 and you're living on your own. Absolutely. In, 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 in the city of Moscow. <laughs> yeah. oh. But you were a part of the team and you were training ice skating training to be yeah it was you know it actually was unique because i had a special paper like a free attendance to high school okay and can you imagine i practice in the morning practice in the yeah. evening and you live on your own and yeah. you know you're gonna get the grades we were in moscow this year and he was trying to find his school and <laughs> couldn't find his school and i asked him how many times did you go to school <laughs> <laughs> well it wasn't me i went for graduation yeah it's actually it's not 12 years at school yeah. it's only 10 but okay. year number nine and ten I was yeah. supposed to go to school in Moscow. Yeah. But so, so this whole time you are you obviously you're very good at ice skating growing up, and you realize that you're very good at it, and you're you know you're, you're growing up with the goal of being in the Olympics. Is that kind of what the uh, the dream and the goal was when you were young? That's what uh, we all were supposed to okay. have. Yeah. Uh, it was totally different system of. Uh, kind of edu- uh, practicing mm-hmm. in a sport, well, achieving really the result. it was really a ticket to success, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, for all athletes. Was yes. it like an academy? It was like a, yeah, it, I, I lived in a dorm uh-huh. where it was the only athletes from the different places, different okay. re- republic yeah. of USSR. Sure. And back then, the Soviet Union was closed. So all these athletes were able to travel like outside of the Soviet Union. And it was... To just normal people living yeah. back there, it was very... Oh, it was the total, yeah. It was a way to raise yourself in society okay. was through sports, through... Yeah. Because people didn't create businesses or do stuff like we're doing today. So that was yeah. another thing. Parents would stick their kids in sports, so maybe they would have something With better. With the hope that they would be able to go somewhere else after, yeah. Yeah. Crazy time, and that's how I mean. Talk no, about you're absolutely you right. Here. Thank you for explaining quite well. Just what so <laughs> people can understand why, because if you don't understand culture back there, it's yeah. hard to understand oh. why do you, why does the kid need to be an athlete, and if he was, why does that make him any better? Oh, it's actually, you know, yeah. interesting. My parents did not want let me go, okay, but it my grandparents actually, my grandfather. Who, in with whom I pretty much I grew up yeah. because at that time I was born at a great grandparents home yeah he told my family my parents yeah. the reason why at age 13 they had let me to go to send you off to this uh, academy, yeah. my grandfather is, was my best friend when yeah. I grew up because that's actually about whom I was then later remember uh, it just made me actually yeah. wet eyes tear yeah, yeah. it just uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's, so, so you're at this academy you're doing practicing every day two times a day skating yeah. working out fitness all this stuff yeah, that's um and then, so where do you go from there? Is there, there is events talk and you're about, traveling competitions. Talk about the 90s. The, yeah, I was uh, almost 14. Then when I was uh, 16, 17 year old, I became uh, a member of the USSR team mm-hmm. f- among juniors, which is compete on junior worlds. That's where yeah. they're all participants from the, all around the world. Uh, Under 18. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I won junior worlds in a it was december of 1988 mm-hmm. uh the person who was 
uh, well, actually the team, uh, because I was ice dancer, um, the person from France, he won Olympic Games yeah. later, number of years later, basically at age, what, eight, 17, yeah. 18, I was... You were the best good. in the world. Yeah, that's. How, I mean, yeah. to, to have your dad be the best in the world. How how is that? How is that? How is that when you like go home and see that stuff? Well, it was very distant for us because yeah. growing up here. I mean, now we have a lot more. Sure. Like I have a little sister who's. 13 so there's nine and a half years between us and so how my older sister and I grew up was <laughs> a lot oh, different, totally different and yeah. very humbling and so um like his first job was well not first job but first like yeah somewhat decent job you can say was as a figure skating coach so we grew up on the ice and that was all very I mean it was it was pretty normal for me but as far as like junior, I mean, I knew that dad yeah. won junior worlds, deal, yeah. but for me, it was just like you never skating competed. coach and then working. Yeah. And yes. So, so what, so you win junior, what happens after that? And then my life changed, not for the best, but for the worst, because mm -hmm. about half a year later, I had a con my partner got sick. Mm -hmm. Uh, physically with the knees with the legs basically she couldn't skate and uh, I had a conflict with my coach because mm -hmm. I wasn't clearly aware and what was happening I thought my dreams yeah. my future is totally yeah. gone now I see how unwise I was well, you were young. How I, I was young yeah. and now I also learned later that how important to have a people you can trust uh -huh. and mentors yeah. who can in a difficult time just can explain to you um, well I had a conflict and I was at a drafting age mm -hmm. I was a young male and they sent me to army that yeah. was my uh, learning experience you're not gonna listen to us you go and yeah. join and that's what I did and uh, after army I decided the probability for me to get in a row of that uh, selected team come mm -hmm. back uh, was uh, quite low yeah. and I just joined professional team okay. not anymore competing for the uh, uh, place through athletic achievements but just use ice skating uh, skills okay. to make yeah. a living yeah so you would travel and do shows and stuff that more the professional way I did not travel a whole lot because we uh, the team was uh, formed in 1991 mm -hmm. and for 91 92 93 it's just did among those uh, uh, past uh, republic of okay. the former USSR yeah. but then in 1994 it was scheduled tour to US yeah that's when October we came here that was the since then and what was the yeah. show called uh, I don't remember what it was called, but it was uh, the Russian Ballet oh, Nice. The, oh, the name of the name of the group was yes, yeah, Russian yes. Ballet Nice. Okay, I thought you were asking yet. No. Yeah, the tour. Yeah. So, so you came as a part of the yeah. Russian Ballet Nice that came to yeah Oklahoma. Uh, and so you came just to Oklahoma, or were you touring the states? We were supposed to start our tour from yeah 
somewhere, but we got together in Oklahoma for, I believe, so three weeks, and then we were supposed okay. to start. But something happened on the financial side of that tour. Yeah. And so they then, flew into New York, and there was only half the skaters because they also had a problem. But anyways, half the skaters come into New York, and there was an issue with finances. And the bus driver was from Oklahoma. Their first stop was supposed to be Denver, and yeah. he told them that Oklahoma's cheaper than Denver if you have a problem with finances. Yeah. And then they ended up staying in Oklahoma. So you came, and and the people will know the. The art gallery called the Rink. That was supposed to be way off the show. Would have it, been uh, off council by Bethany. We were Bethany. supposed to start uh, rehearsing yeah. and practices. It called uh, in Bethany. It was mm-hmm. uh, Iceland. Uh, Iceland, yeah, okay. Iceland um, indoor ice skating rink. I guess you know, Mike uh, Daria knows more detail because. Yeah. At one point, for whatever reason, she started become very interested in yeah. my past. Sure. And I uh, don't talk a whole lot about my ice skating uh, experience uh-huh. in life, my past. It's yeah. just I don't it, since oh, late 80s, early 90s, when my dream of um, grow and success in a, a athletic achievement yeah. stopped. It was just something I don't talk. Yeah. I just well, I'll correct you. Not specifically your past, but what happened with the Russian belly on ice. Uh, because they were stuck here for, I mean, it was about eight months, and they wow. had no money. Yeah. And it was the people in Oklahoma, and primarily, not everybody, but primarily it was Christians, and it was people through the church who, like, housed them, fed them, transported yeah. them. I mean, he got, he found work, he got a driver's yeah. license, a car, like within three months of that's being all, that's in here. Right, yeah. When that journey starts, no, I'm not talking about my athletic uh, achievements, mm-hmm. but about the whatever with the skating and the word, yeah. uh, work started in the United States. It's, uh, it's it, it was the was journey. Was it like a new beginning? Hey, oh, total new beginning. But you know what? I... Also, this was 94, so yeah. back home in the Soviet... Well, it wasn't the Soviet Union anymore, but it was just a mess. Yeah. Like, they couldn't find... So you find did not want to go home. Nobody wanted to no. go home, It was time of perestroika, and all this was... Uh, I didn't see how and I could Perestroika, benefit, it means rebuilding. Rebuilding, okay. yeah. the, be a part of that, what I can contribute. Yeah. Because at that time, all I knew is how to ice skate. Gotcha. I come into this country and I see a totally new environment, mm-hmm. culture, and you know what? Whatever was kind kind of bad experience turned out to be a very good platform for the future because what has happened when we came and shortly after we learned we don't have money. Mm-hmm. We live at a Howard Johnson Hotel on the Lincoln Boulevard, and then. Our leaders from the troop, from administrators, don't tell us when we're gonna start yeah. touring, uh, performance, and a week passed, another week passed, another week passed, and then we learning that we have to move out of hotel. Mm-hmm. And then when people, local people, start coming on a few vans and help us to move on the, our 
first new place. Yeah. Basically, at that time, I started seeing experience. I did not speak English, but I saw how people of Oklahoma start helping us. Yeah. People from church. That's when churches invited us for the meal. Yeah. It was like... You'd never had that before. No. No, not like people come to you and say, hey, like we'd, we'd love to help. Come and have a That's meal. Come and hang out. I, and- yeah. believe it was a great stuff that's when I learned uh, the, the people are yeah. the ones who can reach and, and help yeah. and since that it was just totally new experience uh, we moved I believe staying in the troop we I don't want to say not exact number yeah. but we moved more than like dozen of times just from place to place to place to place to place yeah. to place and one of the last uh, big gathered places was YMCA in downtown Oklahoma City okay. the seventh floor when the mirror bombing happened yeah. that most of the skaters and uh, personal uh, uh, they were yeah. on that seventh floor, wow. and I believe five got hurt and end up uh, needed uh, yeah. medical uh, attention. Um, so the building was across across the, the street, street from the mirror yeah. building. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, not there. You were working uh, or doing? No, I was yeah. in downtown at Edmond, Oklahoma, okay. at that morning. Yeah. Fortunate, blessed. I yeah. believe that uh, that was so. For, obviously there's a money issue like no one money's running out I guess or someone whatever happened with the money but did they, did everyone go home or did everyone stay um, later on at that time no and yeah. we were already what about more than half a year seven eight mm-hmm. months and then for several months uh, the skaters still were together and the help we received mm-hmm. the whole troop we got new skates because uh, the uh, belongings were ruined and many things were sure. taken but they were damaged from that YMCA um, and, uh, I believe it was new uh, skates uh, from uh, Kenneth K- 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 Kenneth Copeland yeah. uh, Ministries uh, gave okay. bought and uh, yeah. made the gift to the skaters whole brand new skates and uh, that's when I really was amazed how the local community mm. just people were helping yeah i mean they were helping before the mirror and how it was after but at that time uh the f- one of the family that uh, we were staying at a, a house uh, somehow they reached to the people from Oklahoma Christian University from the uh, Memorial Road Church of Christ and so that's I how remember you went one to, yeah. evening yeah, couple of people came at the table and asked what I want to do and the kid's mama what to do. Yeah, um, and offered the scholarship to go and learn wow. the English That's at yeah. Oklahoma Christian University. To answer your question, the majority of the skaters, because um, my parents went to study, and mm-hmm. I believe one other. Um, skater she also went to study but the majority went and they did like disney on ice they did other tours um all related to skating but the majority stayed in the states and then later became um coaches um basically stayed in the profession of skating but 
there were a few who were very young, like 16, 17, they went back home. Sure. And then um, some went and studied. So. Yeah. So so someone comes to you from the, the school and says, we want to give you a scholarship to learn English. That was like, what? Yeah. New and... Uh, but I felt right. I felt yeah. good. It's something like, see, I avoided school back home in Russia. Right. And here I only... Und- what it seven, eight months passed, I could speak few words. I yeah. could understand or recognize few words. And uh, I said, well, yeah. yeah. And uh, that where my life changed totally different direction. And uh, the, I saw different goal and how I can apply that goal. Because if you yeah. don't speak English in this country, it's, it's very hard to yeah. let other people understand mm-hmm. what yeah. is on your mind, what yeah. you want, what you're trying to accomplish. So, so you go to school for what, four years? Uh, five, it maybe? took about uh, three, four, six months for me to pass the TOEFL, which is yeah. the, the yeah, yeah. It was uh-huh. like a, that's from morning to evening, the main goal. Yeah. No more, no more skating, yeah. but uh, understand, speak, write English. And then write you can do English. a degree in what you want to do. pass sure. test, and then you, I could enroll in a regular classes yeah. with students who, yeah. Uh, well, I was at that time, what, 24, 20, 25 years old, uh, but I was excited. This was like, yeah. uh, that's where, my life, life really changed and I start seeing the different goals what I want to do right. in life yeah, so, yeah it's like so much opportunity right and so much so much gift has been given to you the, like all these things that have happened that might have been bad things and you know you, you're not skating you're not traveling you don't have a team or whatever and you're not performing but someone has said to you yeah come and learn English and then you said, you know, two years later, you can attend the university as a as a as a student now, not just an English student, and oh, learn yeah. a degree of anything, get a job, and you have a visa and all the rest of it. Oh yeah, after the English, yes, you know, Mike. Another thing, I came here with the work visa. Yeah, legit work visa. I never mm-hmm. was something that my documents were not sure. correct or illegal. Yeah, I came work visa, then changed student visa, then after I changed again to work visa. Yeah. When I was ready, to, my work visa expired. Wanted to change another work. Yeah. Uh, attorney said, "Whoa, whoa, wait, why? Why mm-hmm. are you? Because you have already kids, and are you planning to stay here for good?" Said, "Yeah. yeah. Well, then." It was different application for the green card yeah. and then citizenship. But from the green card to citizenship, it took nine years. Yeah, it oh, does. I, it takes a long time. It, it yeah. was a very long road, but yeah. all the steps, I understand the immigration yeah. process. Um, I'm sure it was, It's. I can't imagine trying to do it now. Like it's, it's, it was tough. It's tough anyway, but having to do it back then, I'm sure it was a little easier and all this, not as many things going on as like now for people. I have friends coming over trying to go to university and then get there. Like I got lucky. I got married, <laughs> right? Like, but going and I have friends who, you know, you spend thousands and thousands of dollars to try and get a work visa and a city. Like it's, it takes a lot of time. But and people go for this. Oh, everyone wants it, yeah. Because it is land of opportunity. Yeah. This is what, Mike, I... Uh, the, it's probably the best decision I have done when I was in the, my 20th mm-hmm. is to say yes on the people who said, do you want to go to school? Yeah. Because 
I did not speak English. But without, again, it's still for me right now to mm. write uh, to the T, the precise what I like, because uh, that's when you convey your message to other party. Mm -hmm. And often I do the drafts and I still kind of, I, I, I outsource my, uh, actually Daria is the one of my yeah. oldest children that helps me to then work out to, to, to the best yeah. the written material. So it sounds natural, like sure. it's a, yeah. like it's your native language because Oh yeah. There's yeah. a couple grammatical mistakes that it's just obvious that English is somebody's second language. Sure. So. And you know, yeah. Mike, it's also my, it doesn't help when I speak Russian at home all the time right now because mm -hmm. uh, it's happened that I remarried eight years ago and right now in the family I only speak yeah. Russian at home. Yeah. And my kids actually with me, sometimes say, yeah. Dad, your accent is getting worse <laughs> and, and worse. Yeah. It's, I, I, I did like an Instagram story yesterday and a friend from back home commented on it's like you sound like a real American now <laughs> well I have been well, here almost nine years so I get but still I know when I go home and, and you know people notice things there's thing, little things that you say there's a little twang here and there that you pick up on but uh, I mean this is home now so they can I, I go home maybe once a year unfortunately not this year because of obviously COVID but yeah it's it's funny isn't it listening to different accents and, and getting different picking up different things but see um, you're from England mm -hmm. I'm from Russia yeah. uh, and uh, you understand me? yeah I understand you yeah good that's yeah, all that's all that matters that's yeah, all that matters yeah. yeah so so you go to school what was your degree in then? what did you choose to do a degree in? my first major that I had I put it was accounting yeah because it was easy you don't have to speak a whole lot it's you, just it numbers just, yeah. it just and you know but after I learned what accounting accountant profession is yeah and kind of got more I mean no I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to do that it doesn't matter and I had a, for some tests yeah. yeah I was proud of my at that yeah. time because it just talk, you go through the test you see your ID mm -hmm. according to the other Ooh, yeah. I'm doing pretty good but no after yeah. I, I, it was already about year 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 in accounting major then I no, changed, I yeah. changed on the marketing sure uh and what interesting, it's the teacher. See, I was truly blessed to have a, one of the best coaches in mm -hmm. the, back in USSR. But here, it's the teachers. What I learned that that's the one that makes the big difference yeah. what the students becoming. Um, one from the marketing department, his name, Mr. Smith, Bob Smith, uh, one time I came and asked him for a little bit of time to listen to my plans, my mm -hmm. dreams, my what I want. And he was one of the first people whom I told about the outdoor ice skating rinks yeah. concept. And he gave me time, yeah. not like a minutes or tens of minutes. One time I believe I was in his cabinet, his office, like for an hour. Yeah. And then he was also the one who helped me to put together my first proposal. Okay for yeah. the downtown Oklahoma City. Yeah, he made the... Uh, Gave you time. Uh, time and invested in me, you can say. Yeah. But also, I remember one conversation. He clearly... Uh, why I should 
kind of not try to get a job, but create a job and the difference mm-hmm. and all this. And yeah, I guess you from UK, you from mm-hmm. Europe. I'm mm-hmm. from the, I was born under the socialism yeah. and in the USSR. I know the other uh, yeah. form of life. That's why I see here, uh, you, you see what people needs sure. and what is saturated, it's oversaturated or not saturated at all. I yeah. believe that right now, outdoor ice skating is still on the market is not saturated. Oh, not at all. Because yeah. that's where the, uh, if it's not this COVID year, because many municipalities, yeah. uh, they very cautious mm-hmm. and some events were canceled due yeah. to, and some absolutely no. they yeah. say okay it's outdoor yeah we, we look statistics we can figure uh, it out yeah. just go yeah so so then so you graduate with a marketing degree and then you decide that this is the business and that's the plan i did not graduate okay what has <laughs> happened i was almost senior yeah. i believe i had uh, I don't remember, maybe yeah. 30 credit hours, a little bit more. Okay. And then uh, it was happening on a personal side. We had quite disagreements mm-hmm. with kids' mama. And uh, basically I ended up having the custody of the mm-hmm. kids and had to finish this, sure. n- n- stop school, yeah. school and uh, start working. Start yeah. W- working. Uh, yeah. So how... So, what is your like earliest memory of like, th- like, of everything? With dice rings, yeah. You mean? Mm-hmm. Um. So I remember being at. Well, the first year probably I have like, not not a whole lot of memories. Mm-hmm. I think my earliest memory of, actually at the rings, I remember we would and we have old photographs. I think sometimes yeah. photographs jog memory, but um. The first year it was like we painted these screws. We did like a bunch of like little things. I remember um, dad gave us like our first screwdriver. And so he taught us how to like make holes in it with styrofoam. So it wasn't very difficult. But it's like, you know, a little girl with a power tool. I don't know. It was kind of not not (laughs) typical, uh, you can say. And then, but one of like the... One memory that Mm. I vividly remember is when I got like my first tip. So I was probably, I was probably six years old and um, he was working. So since we didn't have anybody at home that we could stay with, we were always at the ranks at the job sites Mm -hmm. with him. And we would just find different things to do and ways to help. And so just trying to make ourselves useful. And I would hand out skates to like people coming um, to the rink. And so it's not typical that they see a six-year-old working there handing them skates. So they were very generous. And I got a tip of like, I think it was $7. And I remember I just thought it was like, unbelievable. I was like, oh, I'm going to work here every day. This yeah. is great. And so I remember that was like, cause I don't, we didn't receive money for like doing chores at mm-hmm. 
home or anything like that. But it was always when we worked at the rinks, we got paid for that. So it was very early on. I learned like working, earning money, and then what you can do with that. So that was probably the first... Um, memory is like when I got my first tip for just handing somebody skates, which I was like, well, it's just expected of me because, you know, the job needs to be done. But then I was like, oh, well, yeah. you know, if you do it in such a manner, then people appreciate it. So yeah. Just, yeah. The tip culture out here is it, we don't have that in the UK. You don't have that back home either. Do you? tips and stuff? People don't give you tips back well, home. I did not know. Yeah. Well, back up. We, every time I would, I worked mm-hmm. at a golf course growing up and I worked behind the bar and stuff and when when we'd have visitors from overseas or from America, they'd always leave a tip. Yeah. I'm like, I, that's, Rushes, why, why are you giving me more money? Way. Like, you've already paid for for a beer or whatever. Why are you giving me an extra yeah. pound or whatever it is? That's what makes smile people. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that's what great. That's... I was like, thank you. Appreciate that. And yeah. my older sister, she has an even better story. Oh, yeah. There yeah. was, so we were at, we were just always hanging out at the rink, trying mm-hmm. to find something but to do. Rink, it was the it was... downtown Oklahoma City yes. by the yeah. Civic Center. Yeah. Yeah. At that time, it was called Brahms Ice Skate. Okay. And so her name is Sasha, she was skating, and this lady pulls up in this limousine. So we're like, that's pretty cool. And we see her go onto the ice, and Sasha's just got that type of personality. And she goes and she just starts helping her, yeah. teaching her how to skate and some different moves. The lady hands her a hundred dollar tip. <laughs> <laughs> it was a yeah. That's awesome. So, so the first one was in Oklahoma, downtown Oklahoma City. Yeah. And then I guess you would have like a title sponsor for it. Like I guess Devon is now the title. Is that the right? Devon does. The, it was Brahms. It was Brahms. At that time, yeah. it was Brahms. Okay, but now it's like yes. Devon, right? And the, the rink moved to Myriad Gardens. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then from then, you just thought, well, I can do more than you know. You expand I, I and you have more. I have no relation with that event okay. right now because that's run totally by the Myriad Foundation. Okay. Uh, at that time, uh, Tulsa downtown uh, got the idea yeah. to open that. Uh, I was a part of that e- event for mm-hmm. the next probably five, six years. Uh, yeah, it just... Uh, yeah, you just grow, the business grows, right? I started, I believe it was 2003 season, 2003, 2004, mm-hmm. but really for the next first 10 years, it was between two, three events. Okay. So you're working as well as you're coaching? I was coaching. As well yes, as I doing was coaching the, okay. and the kids were growing. My really, the, the goal never at that time was not increase the number of sure. the events. Yeah. Because uh, it's a seasonal thing. Right? It is seasonal. But if you will look in a, how many businesses mm-hmm. this type in state of Oklahoma or Texas, you're not in Oklahoma, as far as I know, it's only our uh, our business. The, yeah. It is very difficult to make profit if you don't know what sure. you are doing because the season is only 30 uh, on average yeah. 38 days yeah. it's the time after thanksgiving through wow. the first weekend yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're right. that's yeah. your business yeah it is uh, roughly one month yeah. and in the one month you have to recoup the whole the cost and mm-hmm. making the profit yeah that's why not many businesses yeah. do and the weather like this today mm-hmm. 
I compare this with oil gas. It's like when you drill in the well and something break happen, those guys not saying, well, you yeah. know, weather is not conducive. It's kind of, let's wait till tomorrow. Yeah, morning. It, the show is going on. That's no matter it. What you happens. just have to go and save, save the day. Yeah. So, so were you, when were you coaching through school as well? Did you start the coaching quite I early on? I started coaching, in, I believe it was 19... End of 1996. Okay. So coaching was just normal to you at that point. By the time you, 2003, you had been coaching for a long time, you had kind of like a book of business and you were doing... Yeah, it was yeah. constant uh, source of income. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. But uh, it's also you come to the ice rink at before 6, often before 6 a.m., and you leave the ring in six in the evening. Yeah, they're all day, yeah. Uh, it was all throughout the day. It was very difficult to combine uh, growing the business, mm-hmm. uh, sure. I, outdoor ice rink business with yeah. coaching. But when I remarried in 2012, and uh, basically the decision was only do grow the business yeah. yeah yeah that's great and yeah so you grew up on the on the on the ice like just this is this is natural to you it's like riding a bike right yeah i mean it was pretty much same with the ice rinks it was like well i'm sitting here find something to do make yourself busy and so yeah. it was either sit in the concession stand where it was warm or go skate and so it was put on your skates and go <laughs> skate um because dad was working um yeah. and so i remember like a lot of things i just learned to do because Either you learn to do it yourself or you have to wait on somebody else. It's like when he was coaching, he used to uh, tie my skates, like lace up my skates for me. And I got so tired of waiting for him to be available to come lace up my skates that I was like, forget it. I'll just learn how to do it myself. (laughs) And so that was like a big part of our upbringing was you know sometimes you just have yeah, to because figure right out now, yeah. I'm dad yeah. and I'm coach and business the other <laughs> yeah. skaters yeah. their parents tied their shoes yeah, yeah, I yeah. had to go and sometimes yeah. be on the ice so, and so the, are you coaching like figure skating yeah dancing? It, it was figure yeah. skating okay. yeah. not ice dance just and okay figure skating, yeah, yeah. figure skating also how we got not grounded but punished was also kind of funny because we were at the ice rinks so when we were bad not listening we would run laps around the <laughs> ice rink <laughs> so that was like yeah. at home we would sit and stand in timeout yeah, but yeah. at the ice rink we would just run, run laps, laps. <laughs> yeah that's brilliant so so you grow up you know in 2012 you, you, you decide that it's putting everything into the business you remarry and you give it everything now to to expanding and growing the business right yes so how how was that and how i mean was it i'm sure it, it, it was easy. a decision yeah. the, the reality and it turned out to be uh in 2014 when a um, couple projects one were canceled temporarily and the other uh, i lost the contract with the downtown Tulsa mm-hmm. um, in Oklahoma City the Devon be- become mm-hmm. new name and sponsor sure. and the event moves to Myriad Garden uh, at one year I yeah. end up like so having only two, one event yeah, two big in contracts Edmund, you lost. Yeah. I lose yeah. 
interesting. That's why I learned the bills the same. Okay. And at that time, yeah. I already rented the warehouse where I have to store equipment. Sure. And yeah. that's where... That's when only in America, I think it's easier than any other part mm-hmm. of the world. For one year, we see if we're not going to close or sell anything, we have to quickly figure out additional sorts of income. Sure. And I, we opened the trucking company. Okay. Uh, the sounds big, but we had yeah. equipment. We had equipment to haul drink equipment. And for about... Uh, following few years I had to actively be a part of the the trucking okay. industry yeah. as well yeah. but also during that time I learned I have to improve quality of my service okay. whatever I do with the outdoor ice rings um, it, it was very great experience yeah, yeah, that yeah. because of that um it gave you the opportunity to put time into growing and learning and improving rather than maintaining, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so you, you obviously, you're growing up in this and then when do you go to, you go to school kind of around this time? Yeah. So the year where everything turned south was the year that I needed to go to college. Yeah. So I was like, well, this is great. Like I need to go to college and now like... We don't have any extra money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I, I remember that meeting when I had uh, my wife and the two oldest kids yeah. were called together and said, okay, this is the reality. Yeah. We have to readjust. And because the kids were expected, I will pay their way through college. And I helped first year. I, uh, yeah. I paid. But then following, you know, Mike, that's also in my family. There is no free money. Sure. It's like I told kids before, because, you know, kids dream to have a car when they oh, when they Yeah, it's but crazy. I told them, well, I, I'm going to buy your car. Yeah. But you buy your brand. Sure. Well, what it means, I can buy you a reliable car for mm-hmm. X number of dollars. But if you want this type of car, yeah. this is how much you have to pay the difference. Sure. But I... So I went to school and... I mean, I worked, I worked all through school and Mm -hmm. then in the summer I did internships and like over, um, winter break where we had those, it was like two, two and a half weeks. I could go to the ice rinks and I could work and I could earn, um, half the money I needed for, to pay a semester. So it was, it was really helpful. And I mean, I don't know, pretty much just... I mean, somehow I got by. Basically, yeah. it's possible. If you just work your way through school, yeah. it's possible. And so it's difficult, but I graduated in three and a half years. So I just calculated that if I cut out a semester, I could save like $8,000. Oh, yeah. I just And we were paying by... Um, not by the hours. So we paid a fixed amount for up to 18 hours. So every okay. semester I took that full 18 yeah, hours because yeah. I was paying for it anyways. Yeah. So that's... Um, graduated early that Graduated yeah. early and then there were some benefits to that too. I graduated early and I decided I'm going to go to Europe for three months right. instead yeah. of studying in the spring semester. Um, but it was... The the business is a blessing in the sense that there was always there was always that opportunity to earn money. Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to work, 
it's uh, there yeah it's there did you growing up did you ever think that you wanted to kind of like follow dad's footsteps and do the figure skating stuff or not um like as a like as a pre- yeah yeah, yeah. Um, no I actually well so I skated Mike may my- is the answer this question <laughs> because they started also gymnastics okay when they were four five yeah four, five they basically for the number of years four five years they did gymnastic okay. and ice skating yeah. together which is the two sports that requires full-time commitment sure and that what was the year maybe 2007 eight mm-hmm. when they the kids decided do only gymnastics okay well, there yeah. wasn't there wasn't enough time to do both yes. sports so and you enjoyed gymnastics more than you enjoyed well, skating honestly, not enjoying really uh, for me first it was big adjustment I, it's yeah. almost a little heartbreaking the kids sure. no longer want to do ice skate but then i realized I am like full-time dad. That's it. There's yeah. no more coaching. I don't have to teach them. And I really enjoy uh, uh, because of you see the attitude of achievement. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, gymnastic took over. And then after a while, I just totally was, it made me smile. I yeah, just, yeah. They, they don't do skating. They only do gymnastics. They focus on one thing. And for a while, it was the the goal for uh, both Alexandra and Daria to get a scholarship at school. Mm -hmm. But again, it is a... There's opportunity in It's such a demanding sport though, isn't it? Like, but I guess they both are. But it's... uh, I played golf a couple of years ago with Bart Connor, who has like a Mm -hmm. thing down in more Yeah, Bart Connor. Yeah. And a friend of mine who played with us had like just had... His kid was like you know, eight months old. And he said to Bob, he's like, how, you know, when do I need to get my son into gymnastics? He's like, how old is he? Like, well, he's eight months. Yeah, you're too late. You need, he needs to be like, you know, when he's six months. Like, what? Yeah, when, mad. when I was but. 12, 13, I was training about 34, 35 hours a week. Yeah. So it was almost like a full-time 33, job. 34 hours a week. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's full-time. Yeah, it was, it's, a, it's an intense sport, but it also teaches you a lot about Discipline, discipline, mm-hmm. perseverance, teamwork, um, just a lot, a lot, lot of life, life skills. skills. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So back to school. So you graduate three and a half and three and a half years, and then you say you go to Europe for a few months. Yeah. What was that experience like? So I decided I really wanted to. Well, I wanted to travel, so I had never been out of the country Mm -hmm. until I was 18 years old because he wasn't, he wasn't a citizen and until he got his U.S. passport, we didn't travel anywhere. Um, And so I turned 18 and I was like, I'm tired of waiting. I'll just go by myself. (laughs) And so within these four, within four years. She knew my story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was this around the same time that the Taken movie had come out or was that after? Probably around that time. (laughs) But so now I've been to like 12 countries and basically I just, uh, I love to travel. But so I convinced my older sister to just do online classes and go to Europe with me for three months. (laughs) So we spent the first two weeks we were traveling through um we went to uh france belgium netherlands and germany Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we were traveling on that part of Europe, and then we flew to St. Petersburg. And I and I was I decided to study Russian, so I was studying Russian in St. Petersburg for three. No, for for almost seven weeks. Okay. And then I went to see my family in Russia and in Ukraine, but it was just a good experience for, like, this is the first time in my life where I don't have school obligations. Yeah. I don't have sport obligations. I can just kind of go and, and do that. And yeah. then I got back and I started working and then the following year which was this year I decided to go again but instead <laughs> of three months I went for eight months so yeah and and that just comes from a, a fascination and just the want to learn about dad's history mom's history family's history and you obviously being the first American born of the family right our first generation yeah. not that didn't grow up speaking Russian grew up speaking English mm -hmm. so you just had this I guess itch to scratch so you wanted to learn Russian and go so on. yeah I had I always told myself that one day I was going to learn Russian yeah. and I'm one of those people where I don't like if there's actually no way to achieve the goal what's the point of continuing to have the goal you're just gonna disappoint yourself yeah. and so I was like either I'm gonna do something now to learn the language or I'm gonna stop telling myself that I'm gonna learn it so it's possible technically it's possible to learn it here like from my house but it was just I also wanted the experience first of all of being on that part of yeah. in that part of the world because there's so much that you learn as well from living just a small period of time in another place mm -hmm. so I wanted that experience and then I I was in a good financial spot so that was another thing um, and so I decided I'm not married. I don't have kids. I have the money. So I just decided Time to is go now. Yeah. Yeah, for eight months. And then we, I got, well, he went with me to Moscow for two weeks and then I stayed in Russia and he came back yeah. home and this is beginning of March. So then like while we're over there, um, like everything shuts down of March this year. year. Yeah, March yeah. of this year. And then COVID happens and I'm quarantined. And I thought I was going to be in St. Petersburg. I actually went and I stayed with my grandparents in this small town in Russia. But that was actually, so all my plans were canceled, but yeah. it turned out a lot better than what I planned because I got like a genuine experience sure. of what life is like, not just living in a big city, but living in more of a realistic place yeah, where yeah. The, where most people would live. And so like I got back home after eight months and I lie in my bed and I'm like, this is the most comfortable bed I've ever <laughs> laid in. And my sister answers and she's yeah. like, you know, that's not even the most comfortable mattress we have. I was like, well, after these I, eight yeah. months, it is. <laughs> so just little things like that, that your perspective just changes and it's something that you'll remember. Yeah. So I, yeah, if, if you have the chance to go travel and, and not just travel to like Paris or London, like those places are cool and yeah. I visited and you should definitely see them, but go travel to like some place that's considered more of like a wild place. It's not like a, a travel destination. Yeah, not yeah. a travel destination, yeah. not. And, and with a real uh, regular people. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, 
then it'll just change your outlook on life uh-huh. because we have so much here that we think it's normal. And then whenever you go over there and you come back and you start looking at everything as like a blessing. Yeah. And you're like, this is, I have so much more appreciation because like, for instance, I thought I can't live without a microwave. Like, how am I going to heat up food without a microwave? Everyone yeah. needs one. I was with my parents, with my grandparents for three months. They don't have a microwave. I just learned how to use the stovetop, which is possible. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I literally had the perspective of I can't function right. without a microwave when in reality. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the the thing about travel, isn't it? It's like, and I, I tell everyone this too, that people are like, well, how did you come here? And the same story, you know, you just got to go do it. Everything's going to be fine. If it's bad or something bad, you can always go home. Yeah. Um, but, and the same reason of traveling to places where normal people, regular human beings mm-hmm. are, not the travel destinations. I had two friends come here uh, in 2018, maybe. And, you know, Oklahoma City is not like a big travel destination for a lot of people in the UK. And they mm-hmm. came here and we, we spent a weekend here and then a year later they enjoyed the weekend so much that a year later they came for a week because it's like this is real america right it's not new york or dallas or whatever it is like it's real real people regular stories and you you learn so much more in your like i said your appreciation and you learn the real part of of a country what mike what you said appreciate probably for me as a parent Mm -hmm. i always wanted that kids would become better. What means better? Better than me in number of areas. Sure. Because see, when you, I grew up uh, an athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a daily basis, at a practice, mm-hmm. you do not work on your strings. You don't polish. You work on your weaknesses. Sure. When you work on your weaknesses, you go through the not pleasant experience, and. In this culture, in the United States of America, many people who born, they, are, it's very hard for them to appreciate what they have. Right. And yeah. that's for my kids, for my family. I said, if yeah. you uh, go and travel mm-hmm. and learn experience how people live on the other part of the world, then you come here and then without my words, you will know, you will understand. It's like there is a Russian saying, it's better one time to see than many times to hear. Yeah. And that's what, and I'm pleased that my kids follow my instruction. And guess what? When they more better they follow, better I become yeah. in rewarding them. Sure. That's, that's well, and, and also like to that, to that saying and to that point, it's like, you know, if you hear something from your dad, it's like, oh, it's just telling me to get better. It's just my dad. But if you hear the same thing from a friend or from someone else that you don't know, or if you see it, you appreciate it, don't you? It's just that, like that mind shift of, oh, it's my dad telling me something, you know, like every kid goes through that, but yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. Growing up, he would always tell us about, um, how much we have, how much we're blessed, um, basically how much we have to be appreciative yeah um, compared to how you grew up back home yeah, and then now obviously and, you understand and so i was always curious like i want to see what he's talking about what is this because he would tell us like you can't imagine what life was like mm-hmm. and even now russia has changed ukraine all those former all those former soviet countries have changed yeah. but the 
the reminiscences of the past Soviet Union, they're all still there. And so I remember like the first time I flew in. So my first country that I ever visited in Europe was Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And so like I had a layover in Germany, but I was in the airport. So like doesn't, yeah, doesn't, doesn't count. count. Yeah. So I get, I get to Ukraine and I remember I leave the airport and it's a beautiful city because I was in Kiev. It's a beautiful city. But I remember my once you like get out of the city, I remember it just felt like depressing. It was like the architecture and the colors and everything about it. And yeah. like the schools, the schools are numbered. Like, I don't know how it is in the UK, but in all those former Soviet countries, like he went to school. What number school did you go 220. to? 220. Yeah, our schools have names and like they're in yeah, towns or whatever. Yeah, there's like school number 25. School. That's just like... Yeah. It's like you're in prison. Right, there's no, like, character my, there, yeah. The cemeteries, so um, my mom's side, they're buried in cemetery number three. It's, it's like yeah. you see that type of stuff, and all of a sudden you start to think about it. Because here, like, my little sister, she went to Harvest Hills. Yeah. It's, it's like a name that has life sure. to it. And so the, those little things that I was like, I can see how in somebody that's the only environment mm-hmm. they know it's, it's like here where we live our life and we dream about stuff and we want to achieve stuff. But there, for the majority of people, they're just trying to survive. They're just yeah. trying to put food on the table. They, can, they don't dream. They don't understand. Sure. But when what? you have a salary of $150. Yeah. There's not a lot you can do. It's like do. A, what, the pyramid of Maslow. See? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. This, uh, yeah. When I went here to school, once on one of the assignments, we were like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, you know, the hierarchy people. of needs. Yes, yeah, yeah, sir. Yeah. Hierarchy of needs. Yeah. It was fascinating me. Yeah. Just looking and start analyzing what needs and What's what application possible. with what and how you start yeah. moving up and up. Yeah, you've never uh, seen that before. No. Yeah. And it once you understand, but then you experience this and mm-hmm. you see the results of this path. And mm-hmm. every human have their own journey, yeah. journey, journey. Mm-hmm. But uh, in whatever environment we have in this country, that's I don't know where you you can yeah. find throughout yeah. the world. That's why, personally, I would like we keep America the same what America have yeah. was. Uh, yeah, it, it, the just, yeah, opportunities. It's it, and it's hard to, it's hard to explain it to people who grew up here, right? Like I tell my friends, like you, you know, my my wife. Soon we got, you know, we we started dating. We went home for the first time, and, and, and we surprised my parents at Christmas. And she's like, I, she was crying in the airport. She didn't want to leave. I'm like, like I know it's great, and Christmas is kind of the best time to go home because everyone's off work, everyone's having a good time. And I was like, it's not always like this. Like, she's like, could we live here? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, there's nothing like. There's nothing. There's no no opportunity in back in the UK for me. Uh, you know, like I would probably have to go and start again. Education probably, you know, it's not the same. And it, yeah, it's but, but it's hard to tell somebody that that's never experienced growing up there. Like you guys, I mean, you got to go home for eight, go home for seven, eight months. Like that's mm-hmm. that's experience in it. That's not just like popping in for two weeks and having a good time and then coming. Like that's yeah. I'm sure you find it hard as well to try and translate to people how blessed we are and how special and how much opportunity there is here 
compared to back home wherever back home is in Europe or whatever like it's it's hard yeah there's there's things people will do uh, and a lot of it is taking risk Mm -hmm. and and helping so for instance um in I think in general in Europe as Americans we have this stereotype that they're not friendly they're closed off and there's some truth to that but like for instance in Russia once you get to know somebody they're your once somebody considers you a friend they're your friend forever and like they there's a depth to the relationship Mm -hmm. but and so it's harder it's harder to make a friend I think it's easier to keep a friend okay here people have and they don't have a lot over there. That's what so you it's, said. It's harder to make a friend, but easier to keep because that's yeah. uh, it's very loyal. Yes. Yeah. And when you don't have, they don't have a lot financially that they can like give somebody money, sure. but they can give time and and clothes, food. Like for instance, uh, gardening. Mm-hmm growing uh, produce is very big over there. My grandma grows so much produce that it's impossible for like her and my grandpa and my couple cousins yeah. to eat all that. She just gives it all to the church. Yeah. And that's her way of giving back when they don't have Right. They don't have money, but they still have stuff that they yeah. can give. Here, we have more resources. And so in that sense, it's easier It's easier to create things mm-hmm. that, that are visible. You sure. can see it. Mike, you know what? It's interesting. Yeah, we have resources, but we all, we, and we have choices. We mm-hmm. have way more choices what we can do with our time. Yeah. And see, a while back, when the kids were little... We kind of start talking. Whatever we do, basically, it's two things. We either spend mm-hmm. or we invest. Mm-hmm. The whole activities, whatever, just put in the two baskets. Yeah. Are we wasting or we investing? Yeah. Wasting or invest investing? And that's, uh, maybe it's simplified, but then you realize, well, you did too much. That yeah. no, you're no longer investing. You're wasting sure. because that's, and that's... Well... Like going back um, to what I was saying, the first year that he got a contract, he had a friend who was able to lend him money to mm-hmm. get that first year going. Mm-hmm. Those types of those types of relationships are possible. I think here and here it's a little bit. And I think 20 years ago it was an entirely different situation. Yeah. Now it's a bit harder, but there's more resources available. Mm-hmm. And so we have this this ability to like dream about things and dream and realize those dream to reality. Yeah. 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 Like it's possible. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise if thing, you cannot put this application in the marketplace, uh, the dreams eventually will stop being yeah. in existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have resources. Like you can go to a bank, and if you have a good idea, and you're not, you don't have a terrible credit sure, record. Sure, some collateral. Yeah, they will give you money yeah. to go and create something. Back in Russia, trying to convince a bank to give you money, and it's also when you don't, when it's hard to convince somebody that this is your property, nobody wants to give you money. And so that just all boils down to the law of the land. Okay. See, I. 
personal personal assets so this is my business and i own this and i can actually defend it yeah we don't even realize how much of a blessing that is till you live in a place where if the government doesn't like what you're doing and they want to take your assets they're just going to take it and there's nothing you can do about it the truck and what i wish more americans would understand expression american exceptionalism why are we exceptional yeah and let's not talk politics, but that's <laughs> something that's yeah. very uh, important to me mm-hmm. because I know how the other part of the world, not yeah. the whole world, but... But you know how it was, right? Like how, yes, you know, yes, the, and, and how I know the country how was run it is because yeah. I in contact with the people with yeah. whom I grew up. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean... It's kind of like you taking that decision to go professional and come to the States is like the best decision of your life. Thank God. Yeah. Well, I can say yeah, yeah. because that's, uh, that's all happened. I, I was uh, go with the flow yeah. at that time. It was mm-hmm. that time go with the flow. But somehow yeah. it's all turned out that's to crazy, be... Isn't it? It's it's crazy how you like you, you know you get to New York and then the bus driver's like let's go to Oklahoma it's cheaper and then you come here yes and sir and see Mike well, today you found my place yeah. I called it the hideaway how yeah, it it's is. in yeah. the proximity of the city but yeah. never dreamed to have what I see outside right. of the window and that's another thing experience to live on the land yeah. and make your own garden yeah and build your own shop and. Uh, yeah. Have your own water. I'm sorry. This is anybody who wants to come to an experience living, yeah. having the your own well, and have a acreage. That's Oklahoma is beautiful place yeah. to be. Yeah, nothing that you could have expected growing up. No. Yeah. No, I was used to. Uh, I was born in Kazakhstan, but I also lived in Moscow for ten uh-huh. years. Yeah. I very much know what mean to live in a big megapolis yeah. as the metropolitan, the subways, mm-hmm. and the very tall sure. apartment buildings. Uh, yeah. I like the land. That's awesome. That's it's great, isn't it? Like to see the possibility and what you've done, and obviously now you get to learn everything about it. Sorry, by going home and seeing everything, and you know, be both going to the same school, both graduate from Oklahoma Christian, and um, and now the business is, you know, you doing well, and obviously this you got gearing up for the season, right? You got a little bit longer now, right? Because you said this weekend is opening up, but yeah, this year season start. Yeah, and we'll have earlier. So we have ranks in Edmond, Yukon, Broken Arrow, Bartlesville, mm-hmm. Chickasha, Enid. There's a project at OC, and then yeah. there's one in Frisco. That's awesome. Frisco, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And are they, like, kind of, from, like, a, a setup standpoint, is it, like, you just set it up, it kind of takes care of itself, and then, like, how, how, does, how is it, like, to manage them? Some, uh, some events, uh, we call the turnkey operation yeah. that we operate. Mm-hmm. Uh, some events where the client uh, operates. Okay. Uh, so you show up, build a rink, and then they manage and do concessions and stuff. Yes, we yeah. just provide consulting. Yeah, that's great. That's probably the best part, is the consulting <laughs> side, right? Uh, Less time-consuming, I guess? It is uh, more involvement of the client. Yeah. It is uh, the dollar amount 
is the more affordable for the client, sure. yeah. but they have to put more their skin in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, but it's also see their market. Yeah. They come up with this idea. They understand They reach it. to yeah. us. We build, provide the ring, yeah. give the consulting, but they pull their own resources. Yeah. That's in awesome. some we live in Edmonton, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. We know the community. It's easier for us to create uh, operations. Yeah, you know where it's going to go. And yeah, that's great. Well, I wish you guys all the success for this COVID year. I know the next 40, 50 days or whatever, hopefully they're very exciting. And this weather, you know, we're recording. The weather will change. We'll change. It's changed. Oklahoma. It'll, yeah, it'll be 70 degrees next week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is, Daria, thanks for reaching out. Cause, um, of course, thanks. For, for people coming on the podcast, so like it, and for everyone listening, like if you have a crazy story or a story that's just amazing, like, please reach out because like, it's you know people want to hear this stuff and it's great for you guys to come and hang out and chat and, and welcome me into the house and, and hear these stories because without you reaching out I never would have known um, and now obviously people know the story they don't they, they see a nice rink but now they know who you guys are they know the story behind it what you've gone through what you've built what you've you know what you have here so I really appreciate you guys for coming on the podcast how can everyone listening how can like if there's someone listening who runs their you know, like the city of Stillwater or something like that. How can they reach out? How can they get involved and maybe bring a bring a rink to their town? So the the business website is expressice.com and the best way is email, so it's just info at expressice.com. That's if you're interested in bringing a rink to your city or event. Mm -hmm. um, we also list all most of the rinks that we have, but like big ones, Edmund Ice Rink, it's just edmundicerink.com, and that one's in Mitch Park. Mm -hmm. um, you can find it. Then we have... <sighs> Uh, baicerink.com that's in Broken Arrow you can find that rink um, on Yukon's it's Yukon's Christmas in the park they've mm -hmm. got all the information about the ice rink in Yukon so just depending on which city you live in you can probably find just the google one. the city and then the ice rink yeah. and it'll pop up and that's then awesome. in Bartlesville like the chamber runs the one in Bartlesville um, Enid I think you should, you should probably be able to Google just eat yeah. ice drink and you'll find it. But That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, again, thanks. Thanks, you guys, for coming on the podcast. And hopefully we'll do it again in another year and have a lot more rinks and stuff like that. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.